it. Let's tune into Brad and Brit. It's the Brad and Brit cast. Thanks for joining us here. We're live in the 1.30 hour uh, Eastern time as we go here on uh, Wednesday afternoon for you. All right. Uh, <laughs> what, what do you want to do first? You want to do the, uh, the famous uh, 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 pastor illegally watering the flowers story? Yeah, we, we might as or, well. Or the... Uh, it's, it's the latest instance of somebody existing while black. Uh, it's a bit of a problem. Well... <laughs> it's too stupid. It's just too stupid to talk about. It really is, but it's something you and I don't have to deal with on a normal basis because of you know the melanin in our skin. So there you go. Uh, it's Pastor Michael Jennings of the Vision of Abundant Life Ministries in Alabama. Yeah, he's watering the. Uh, flowers and the plants around his neighbor's house neighbors out of town they know each other and somebody calls 911 on him what's he doing in the neighborhood as a black guy in my neighborhood what is he doing may i just tell you may may i just tell you from my experience that part of the story completely authentic i understand completely some karen in some neighborhood somewhere calling the cops on on that situation well of course, I, I, I guess it's fair to circle to the, do a spoiler alert. The person who called 911 knows him, didn't recognize him. Okay. <laughs> now oh, Jesus. All right, so just put that, put that in. Forget that you know that. I don't know that. that. Right, right. Um, so he, he gets arrested because the cops show up and they have this, this discussion back and forth, back and forth. He's not. Uh, I've been doing this for years. This guy's a friend of mine. Yeah. Can you show us some ID? Who are you? Okay, the cops are very businesslike, but of course, you're under no obligation to identify yourself <laughs> when a cop says. So the pastor, he's very smart. He's very deliberate. He's not confrontational, but he's maintaining that he has every right to be there. And uh, on and on it went. Before you know them, the neighbors are out there. They're all all talking. Uh, and, and he does, he does get arrested. It's hard to believe he could get what it, it's just, it's too stupid. He's placed you know, in the backseat of the cop car. The woman admits that she shouldn't have called. She's vouching for him, but too that's late, not bitch. good enough. Too late, Karen. Yeah. You hit the nine, you hit the one, you hit the one. It's on. Right. right. So, um, the neighbor who's there says, uh, you know, they may be friends, they went out of town. He may be watering their flowers. It would be completely normal. It's probably my fault. She's admitting that she she shouldn't have done. That's not good enough because the cops are so far in, and they've got to justify the fact that they're continuing to hassle this guy, and they just won't take his word. They just won't take his word for what he says are the facts which are true and he gets he gets arrested they drop the charges a month later a month month took a month 30 days yeah yeah wow, that's that's interesting and of course there's going to be a discrimination suit because he he claims he was racially profiled i have no idea that could have been a white person you know yeah. that brit 
It's the weirdest thing. It's most trespassers when they get on somebody's property, they immediately start watering their flowers. I think that's a, a well-known thing that most trespassers Brit, do. Brit, it is the oldest trick in the book. The old <laughs> you water flowers, and then people think you're you're not there for nefarious reasons. Next thing you know, they've stopped paying attention to you. Then you break in. Then you steal the shit. Don't you know that? The stories that I can't tell you publicly, but let me just tell you. There are a surprising number of people in the town where you live, Brad, that know every one of their neighbors, know exactly when they're home. If it's 10.02, that could not be a person pulling up that lives near here. That has to be somebody with nefarious purposes. They know exactly when anyone could possibly be visiting a family member from out of town, and they, uh, they know when to push the alarm button. I just have to tell you, there's a, a surprising number of people in the town where you live that that's, that's happening to. Yeah. All I can say is, and, and, and you know me, I'm pretty antisocial. <laughs> I uh, am too. And I, I can't tell you that I'm, I'm, I'm personal friends with all of my neighbors. I, I know them. I, I speak to them. Right. Um, but if someone were next door watering someone's the last thing I would think to do would be to, to call the cops on them. I just, you know, it's not. And, and I you, have white people in my neighborhood. I have black people in my neighborhood. There's nothing, just nothing to do with anything. But. No, I have. I, I live in a pretty diverse neighborhood myself. I have a very different thing that I do when it comes to being a neighbor. I grew up in an area where everybody knew everybody's business. If you did something that was a half mile down the road, somebody would call your mom and tell them by the time you got home, your mom would hear about it, and you'd be in for a spanking because you'd done something, you'd spun out tired or something. So I took a different tact. I, when I moved into a place... I let, I don't I don't associate with my neighbors. I let them live their lives. And I don't I know the guy who's catty cornered to me. We say howdy every now and again, have a little conversation every now and again. Everybody else, I don't really know all that well. I I don't. I've been here for 15 years. That's how I've decided to be a good neighbor is to let these people live their lives and not bother them. That's me. Let, let me expand this. Because uh and I I I've read and I I've seen and and, and you know about the uh, three magic words that you're supposed to live by in America regarding the police, the police. It's just two, actually. Just comply. Anytime a police officer says something to you, just, just comply. comply. Right. And everything will be fine. Right. There'll never be any problems because law enforcement is law enforcement. They are all supreme. If you just listen to them, there will never be any problems. Um, and we'll pretend for, for just a moment here that in a, a fairly innocuous case like this, because it didn't escalate into violence, they didn't pin him on the ground, and uh, it, it never got to that point, fortunately. Cooler heads did prevail, at least at the moment, although they oh. did arrest him. They did arrest him. <laughs> and it took a month to drop the charges. Right. And then, a yeah, month. Right, there'll, there'll be a lawsuit here, and, and there'll be Jesus. there'll be a. This is where you really impose a financial settlement yeah, onto the police force, and it, it's instructive for them. Um, but the idea, of if if you just comply, all will work out, and you know, rule of law, blah, all all that kind of stuff. Donald Trump, just comply. Yeah. Oh, that's different, Britt. Way different. That's so different. That's so, that's so different. different. Because <laughs> Donald Trump's rights are the ones that are being violated. 
right? But this guy, he had no rights that could be violated, so he needed to just comply. But we need to, it's it's helpful at this point to go through the Donald Trump excuses as to why he had now more more than 700 pages of documents that he shouldn't have had at his house. The excuses are he didn't pack the stuff himself. He didn't know what was in there. Oh, he packs everything. He's a pack rat. Oh, he needed to write his memoirs. That's why they have all those papers and stuff. There's a million different great excuses that they're putting forth as to why he needed those papers and those papers it was absolutely plausible that he had those papers in his uh, possession Brit, but but that fits in with the just comply just comply it, let's just say that every one of those bullshit excuses that you started to list let's say that any or all of them are true all donald trump would have to do is just comply yeah and then after he proves that under no circumstances was he doing anything worthy of the kind of law enforcement that we have seen in association with and not just this issue going all the way back to everything dash hoax everything is always dash hoax when it's associated with donald trump because he's never done anything wrong so Donald Trump need not comply. Is that correct? Is that how this works? He need not comply because he is a victim constantly, never doing anything wrong. And people like the guy watering the flowers of the neighbor, they are in a position, and truthfully, they're in a position of subservience. And they are not in a power position at all because the police show up with, with firepower and the authority of the police. So he is supposed to comply, no questions asked. And he was very appropriate in his interaction with the police. You'll probably see the video. It'll probably be all over TV soon enough. We're not going to play it here. Um, but just think of the yawning gap yeah. <laughs> in between those two words on one side of just comply, the guy in Alabama, the pastor, and Trump, or Peter Navarro. Oh, my God. Look what they did to me. They arrested me at the airport. Oh, my God. It's like Nazi Germany. My rights have been violated. No, they haven't. No, they haven't. Well, it's, a, uh, it's the old thing about what law and order means to uh, white people and what it means to black people. I mean, it's always like uh, that situation. You know, when Nixon exploited that greatly, right? He was the law and order guy. And law and order meant we're going to keep these hippies and these black folks away from, from, from doing stuff. Now, you white people, you're going to be able to run amok. Don't worry about that. Well, but law and order did catch up with, with Nixon, though. <laughs> Eventually it did, didn't it? <laughs> catch up with him, and it caught up with him at the highest level. Yeah. So, uh, again, we always hate to have to compare the two, but Nixon was a, was a rookie. He was in the A-leagues compared yeah. to Trump in terms of being able to um, escape justice and lie and cheat and 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 thieve his way to uh, wherever it is that he thinks he's going. So remember, just comply. That's the that's the answer. Yes, officer. Yes, officer. You're right. Let me show you my ID. I need to show you my ID um, because uh, you are questioning because of a nine one one call that. I don't belong in this neighborhood. And you know why I don't belong in this neighborhood. <clears throat> uh, and someone called 911 on me. I should comply. And even though 
I'm under no obligation to identify myself. I will do that because, well, it's the same reason that my son needs to keep his hands on the wheel when you pull him over because yeah. you'll kill him if he makes a yeah. wrong move. We understand that. It's not fair. I like yeah, that. I like the Karen halfway through son had about like bout of conscience. Like, oh yeah, right. no, yeah, Too I late. shouldn't. Oh, geez, I didn't. Yeah, Too I love late. that. Yeah. So so yeah, like she couldn't walk outside and get close enough to the guy to realize that she knew him. No, she just picked up the damn phone and and called nine one one. Think about how stupid that is. That's I, that's, that's I gotta say that happens all the time. <laughs> it happens all the time, brother. <laughs> all right uh speaking of fair or not fair and we're uh, just at the beginning of of this with uh, president biden uh announcing today what was uh, widely anticipated for a long time he made this promise as a candidate to deal with student debt and and i'm not gonna this is not an excuse ahead of time but let it be said that this is yet another problem that was kicked down the road by many 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 presidents going back many 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 administrations all right and they either did nothing or they made it worse and so here comes joe biden and now it's uh, his baby it's his baby so here's the story uh up twenty thousand dollars in debt I guess that's a that's a man and you know it's a, a family. It's ten thousand um, dollars a person. If you make under one hundred twenty five thousand, or if you're a couple that makes under two fifty, uh, they'll wipe out ten thousand dollars of your debt. And then there are uh, lots of other provisions and, and and lots of other little wiggles and and waggles here. Pell Grant people they get um, uh, a little bit more. If they're, you know, Pell Grants are going to the, the, the poorest people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they're going to propose a regulation that will cut from a 10% to 5% the amount of discretionary income that you have to pay each month on your loans if you're enrolled in what they call an income-driven repayment plan. I'm going to stop the music right here, first of all. This is all going to probably hinge, I know it's going to hinge, on people filling out more forms to get these kinds of breaks. And when you look at the compliance level of past things that have been done regard, like, you know, the number of people who take advantage of this is tiny. I mean, it's tiny. And a lot of people throw their hands up in the air. Ah, fuck it. I can't do it. Now, maybe it will be different this time. Oh, there are some words that always have a lot of uh, uh, cachet to them. It's different this time. It's right. never different this time. Right. It's it's always the same. So um, this one is going to run the gamut all the way across the spectrum from, thank goodness somebody finally did something about it, to this is the worst fucking thing in the history of everything ever. What about moral hazard? How people are not going to be responsible for anything they ever if you pay and and everything in between and then there are people and by the way a lot of these arguments they have a lot of legitimacy to them i can't argue i can't argue with a lot of it um would you call it would you call it student loan socialism as the headline reads on your screen right now well uh brit we cannot uh overestimate 
how much demagoguery there will be <laughs> associated with the with the criticism of this, uh, including from people as uh, studied and, and brilliant as um, one of uh, President Obama's uh, main economic advisors, Larry Summers, uh, who who says this is going to stoke inflation because, well, now you're giving these people an extra $10,000. They're just going to go out and spend more money on shit. And we don't need more people spending more money on shit. That drives inflation. I would quickly answer that with, you, you might be right, but then a lot of people have other debts besides their student debt. They might use it to pay off other uh, uh, debts. They might use it to just pay their damn rent. Uh, I would not yeah. assume that uh, everybody's going to go out and spend their $10,000 on large screen, flat screen color TVs. Uh, can I just can I just ask that Larry Summers shut the fuck up? I mean, I'm, I really I understand that he's very bright. He knows, but he pops up at the most inopportune moments with this bullshit. Yeah. I'm sorry, but this guy, and then he tries to get a I told you so with inflation, and I just I'm tired of hearing from this guy. Now, the, here, here's one that that I, that I do think is is completely legitimate. Let's just say you finished paying off your student loans three months ago. After all this time, you have been diligent. You've been doing all the right things. And, and you're, you're just a little early. You're just a little early on this. What happens? And I use this analogy for a lot of things. The Costco rule is if you buy something there and then the next month, you know, they, they, they put it on sale. Mm hmm. You take your they'll come they'll give you the difference. They will. They, they will not penalize you for having bought too soon. But I'm not sure that if you paid off your loan a few months ago, you're going to get the benefit of the the $10,000 break. So this really does uh feed into to that whole mentality. And I I understand that, but I you know, there's a cutoff point and 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 that's the way it works. And you can just feel good about yourself for having done the right thing. I said that now, almost seriously, um, <laughs> but there's. I, I, I'll just say this: I, uh, uh, and I and I posted this earlier because I was looking at the subject here. And uh, last month, the New Yorker did a, a great piece, um, and uh, I learned a few little factoids. A few little factoids here. You ready? Um, one in five people who have student debt are over the age of 50, okay? Because you're under this impression, right, that it's, oh, it's 20 and 30-somethings. They can't get underneath from under the debt. And no, it's a lot of old people. Right. A lot of old people die with with student debt. And uh, the story starts with this just incredible story of a woman who at age two, she's black, her father takes her to a rally, they used to have political rallies uh, other than Donald Trump's in this country in the past. A lot of people don't know that. He didn't invent the rally. So FDR, that's Franklin Delano Roosevelt for you people that uh, aren't history buffs. Uh, in 1932, October, Pittsburgh, right, the month before the election, this person is there. She's two years old. Her father brings her there. And her father uh, uh, says to her as she grows, you know, there, there's just... I want you to get an education no matter what, all right? Um, 52 years later, in 1983, she's now, what, 54 years old, 53. She decides to go to law school, okay? <laughs> Late bloomer. 
she goes to NYU Law School. She borrows $29,000 to go to law school. She's now 91. She now owes about $320,000 in student loans. Good God. Now, that's, that's, that's an extreme case. It is. And I'm not quite sure what kind of fucking loan she you – know, did she go to a payday loan window no. and, and pull out 29000 for it to get that far out of control? But it's just an example of there are a lot of people um, – um, well, our age, your age, you're over, right. you're not uh, you're not 48 more uh, either, Britt. No, uh, people our age who who have have student debt, and um, it 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 really you talk about root causes. I'm going to show you something. Uh, ready? And uh, you know, Trump and I are kind of the same. We're pack rats. We save everything. Everything. Yeah. Here we go. And uh, for folks watching, you might be able to see this. This is my tuition receipt. The first year I went to college, I went to Kent State University the first year. Wow. You see the number there, Britt? What's it say? I can't see the number clearly. It says. Uh, $268 there? That's There you go. $268. That was that was for tuition, or is that yep. room and board, or is that, that the whole thing? One, that was for one quarter, yep. Cheap. One quarter. Crazy. So it was less than $900 um, per year tuition. And uh, uh, you can get out all the inflation calculators you want, okay? Mm. But I can guarantee you that uh, $268 in 1973 is not uh, $8,000 now. No. It didn't, it's, not, it's not that high. In other words... Education inflation has so far outstripped everything that you can name in our economy. Just just about everything that you, that you can in terms name. of in terms of real inflation, that two hundred sixty eight bucks would be like eighteen hundred, almost nineteen hundred dollars in today's money. Yeah, well, and, and I, I can guarantee you a, a quarter at Kent State right oh, no. now. You can get a book for that if you go. To- <laughs> you, you can get one of your books for that. Sure. Right. And, um, you know, this is a this is a big failure of our system, of our government, of our of our priorities, because um, there was a point where it was almost encouraged that universities keep raising tuition because it was thought, well, as long as we're really generous with student loans, what's the difference? They're not paying for it anyway right now, the kids. So you take out a giant student loan, it pays for the tuition. What the fuck? Is, I don't care what the tuition is. I'm just going. And uh, that's another moral hazard argument that is made. And it has a lot of, I think, currency to it. And, and it has to stop because obviously at, at this rate of increase, you know, in, in 25 years, a college education, as we know, will be, you know, $2 million. <laughs> it would be. And, and it's a mess. It's it's a real mess. It can't keep going that way. Um, but this was a campaign promise that apparently he's fulfilling. Right now, as you said, for some people, this will not be enough. But I'm not hearing so much from those people right now. I'm hearing more, hey, this is a good thing from, from the people who would be inclined well, to like Joe Biden. Right. Well, they crunch the numbers, obviously. And, and there's there's clearly a political aspect to this. And the, the number crunch is that it does help enough of the uh, 40 million people 
who have student loans. And, and all the people with student loans, they don't have $190,000 worth. Some people have a lot less than that. So the $10,000 does make a big difference. And plus, I think they're still continuing to put on hold all of the payments right now for another uh, few more months, which I guess that's a good thing. But again, you know, you still have to pay the interest. It doesn't, most student loans do not have compound, compound interest, but some might. You might want to check your paperwork on that. That's probably how this woman that we were talking about earlier in the New Yorker story had hers uh, balloon out of control. And it's, it's such a complex system. I guess one of the problems, as far as I can tell, is that the federal government, they farmed out these loans, you know, they don't really make them themselves. Right. You know, they, 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 they sent it out to private companies. That always works out well because, of course, the private sector is always better than the government at doing anything. We know of course, that. as we know. Right. Um, but it's, it, it, it's one big mess. I don't think this is going to sink Joe Biden. That's it now. But... Um, we would do this. It, we would do this all the, the time. It gives the Republicans a talking point. That, but we would do this all the time when Trump was in office. We go, well, why the fuck are you doing this thing going forward with this idea of the wall at the border? And his, his the people who loved Donald Trump would go, well, it was a campaign promise. He said it. This is you knew this was coming. They would and they would go, well, we're going to move the you know, we're going to move the embassy from uh, Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, and that that's just a campaign promise. He said he was going to do it, and he's going to do it. So, you know, again, it's good. It, that's one of the things that they expect you to deliver on. You said this is going to happen. It's been a point of emphasis. It didn't happen quickly well, enough for some people, but Joe Biden's doing it. I, I would not I would not completely analogize Joe Biden campaign promises and Donald Trump. They're the same thing. Because remember, they're remember, Trump made campaign promises thinking he was never going to win and would oh. never have to do any of them. Okay. <laughs> He really did, but then he was only, but he was only all too happy to come through with some of that bullshit. Once he actually was in office, he was only too happy to enact some of that stuff, knowing that it was awful, knowing some of the stuff he couldn't do. Well, but I would not compare uh, the relief of $10,000 per person of student debt with building the wall. (laughs) Build it. I just, I just wouldn't do that. I I think that's uh, well, that, I'm just saying to anyone who criticized Joe Biden for doing this, it's the worst thing ever. It's going to drive up inflation. Uh, these entitled little punks are now getting a free ride. All, all that crowd. I would, that's, that's the argument that I would give to them, yeah. is that this was a campaign promise and he's delivering on it. So the American people uh, who voted Joe Biden into office. Now, I know some of you think that that was a, a rigged election. He really didn't win in 2020. But for people who live in the, rea- in the reality-based world, he did, and, and a lot of people were okay with him for giving student debt. A lot of people were, were all right with that and took that as part of, of what he right. was all about. Right, and if if you really want to make the, the analogy here with, with Trump on a, uh, on a tactical basis, when Joe Biden says he's going to do something, God damn it, he does it. Wow. Okay? He just did it, and... That's what's uh, killing him right now. Not, if, if, if elections now are not about persuading anybody on the other side because we're all wearing our jerseys. Nobody changes their mind. Very few people will ever switch teams. And uh, no amount of campaign ads, no amount of online shit shifts people. All it is is about driving your base to show and win an election. 
a strategy, by the way, which was first articulated and actually perfected by, you ready, Carl Rove for George W. Bush. That was their strategy then, and uh, it worked. It worked, and now just about every camp, you know, it's helped divide the country, and and here we are. So Joe Biden didn't uh, make up the game. He's he's kind of playing the game here because if you look at the uh, primary elections that are going on around the country, and I think you do have to divide all primary elections uh, pre-Kansas and post-Kansas because That's Kansas, yeah. That's the fair. Kansas abortion referendum changed everything. It turned everything around, and and since then, the Democratic candidates in uh, every subsequent election, there have been five or six of them around the country in in New York and uh, Florida and and elsewhere. They're outperforming. Joe Biden's vote yeah. in 2020 against Trump and turnout is big. And I don't think you'd argue for a second that the student loan um, plan is going to depress Democratic turnout. No, at not at all. Not at all. I don't think at all. I don't, you know, people may say, oh, blah, 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 but he promised it. OK, oh, I'm going to vote for Trump now. Boom. No, it's not going to happen that way. So uh, on balance, like a lot of things that Joe Biden does that initially piss people off, he is very often proven right. And his That's instincts true. are proven more correct than, than not correct, whether uh, whether people want to acknowledge that or not. It's just, uh, just the truth. Alan is reminding us about that Trump health care that was going to come in 90 days that kept being yeah. promised over and over. It was going to be a plan that was going to be so good. You were going to love it so much. Sorry, Alan, but you're stupid because it's been in place for years. You just don't know it. You just it's don't know. Great. It's fantastic. We're living in the Trump Healthcare world. A lot of people are saying it's the best healthcare ever. Did did he make the the specific? I'll do the greatest healthcare plan in the world ever. Promise yeah. as a candidate. Did yeah. he, Did he do that as a candidate? Did yeah, we're gonna lie? do it. And then they would ask him. So, well, what are you gonna do? Oh, we get experts looking at it right now. It's gonna be so good. You're not gonna believe it. It's gonna, you're not gonna believe how good it's gonna be. It's gonna be so good. It's gonna reduce costs. It's gonna make care so much better. It's gonna be. It's gonna cut out the red tape. It's gonna be so good. Uh-huh. Yeah. Over and over again, stuff that meant nothing. You talked about um, the primaries. I guess we're done with the primaries so far until the big election in November. There's uh, Florida. Now, if you're, you're thinking Charlie Crist is an old man, he's a young whippersnapper of only 66 years old, Brad, as he wins the nomination to take on uh, Ron DeSantis for the governorship of California or uh, Florida. Rather, <laughs> I was I was rooting for Nikki Freed myself because uh, she's a bit younger, but I'll take anybody who can take down DeSantis. And Charlie Chris looks like he is ready to go, and he seems like he's got a lot of enthusiasm behind him right now. Well, you know, uh, as you know, Britt, we're we're kind of out of our league. We're actually, uh, uh, according to uh, international rules, not even allowed to comment about Florida politics because we don't live there. (laughs) uh charlie crist is a very very i find him to to be a very interesting guy and an interesting character and uh because he's been through the wars a couple of different times and he's he's been remember that's a guy who's been governor of florida longer than ron DeSantis has been governor of florida he already served a term and uh um 
I think he's very smart. He knows the state. I saw him uh, interviewed this morning, and he's really, he's really uh, uh, arguing the case for himself versus DeSantis, uh, partially, if not a lot, on the fact that he's a Floridian. He's a real Floridian. Yeah. Ron DeSantis is kind of a fake Floridian. He, he doesn't give a shit about Florida. He's running for president. Do you want to reelect a guy who only wants to get reelected so he can run for president? Or do you want a person who is Florida, of Florida, knows Florida, is all about Floridians who are better than Ron DeSantis? Who And remember, you get to make all the arguments against DeSantis that you make against Trump. You, you, you really do get to make all of them. In of course terms you do. Of, his, of course his, you do. His tone and his demagoguery and his uh, confrontational style. And, you know, Chris will tell you that that's not Florida. That's not what it's all about. You know, he's got a he's got a very soft spoken uh, kind of curmudgeonly uh, take. And I think he comes off very well. Uh, I guess the polls have Ron DeSantis ahead right now. And Ron DeSantis has uh, gathered up more money than anybody in the history of everything anywhere for a governor's race. I think he has like $130 million already uh, socked away. Um, but, you know, we know that you know, money may not matter in the end here. But if he continues to go around and endorse the worst of the worst Republican candidates, which is what DeSantis is doing, I mean, he's going to Pennsylvania this week to – uh, hold another rally, I think, with uh, uh, Doctor Oz. I mean, it just he's all in on that shit, okay? And he's trying to play it both ways. He's trying to 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 play both ends against the middle because when he's directly asked about, um, you know, did did Joe Biden win the election? Is Donald Trump lying? You know, he's he's got the standard. Well, people are concerned about election integrity. You know, it's some variation of that shit. <laughs> which is not an answer that's it, it's not an answer um so charlie christ is not burdened with that bullshit so he he's free to be um himself so his biggest asset in florida could be val demings there you go running against marco rubio as the senate candidate in other words are you really going to split your vote for governor and senator in florida are you going to vote for there nobody is going to do a marco rubio charlie christ vote right doesn't sound like it um or a val deming a val demings and a ron DeSantis vote that would be weird right yeah that would be yeah. weird that, that's not going to happen so they're going to be running in you know in tandem kind of like in georgia with uh, Stacey Abrams and, and Raphael Warnock. There's yeah. not going to be much splitting there, right? No, You're going to no. vote for both of them. And and she's a great candidate. God, is she. And again, she again she has some of the same credentials, if not more, than Charlie Crist. And, and, and I'm doing this completely biased, assuming at some level that there are enough people in Florida that really do have some better sense of themselves and their state and the future of the country than just the demagogic shit that is uh, uh, being fed to them through the internet and through uh, social media and through uh, you know mass media, Fox and and the rest of them. They know that Ron DeSantis is a big, fat, 
phony, completely into it for himself, creating false issues, culture war things. And that Val Demings, who was a police chief in Orlando, and uh, I think her husband, I don't he he's I think he's the mayor of uh, the mayor of Orange County, Florida, or the county next door, you know, like big thing in Orlando. You know, so they're they're they're, they're a family of, of people in public service for uh, for that part of Florida. And so you can't go after her as a a weak need uh, liberal who wants to get rid of cash bail and put the criminals back out on the street. She was a fucking police chief of Orlando for a long time. And Marco Rubio is, well, he's still little Marco, isn't he? He, he is. And uh, like, as you, as, yeah, he is. Uh, Jerry Demings, her husband, uh, is still the, the mayor of Orange County. That is correct. Uh, so, yeah, they have. I don't know. There, there's going to be I, I hope that there will be some fantastic racism. That will be played in that race. Uh, it'll be it'll be difficult, but we'll see how that works out. Uh, two amazing statewide races, though, in Florida, though, coming up this fall. That should be something that's going to be pretty hot. Well, you know, I, I was the first one to say this many, many years ago. Florida, Florida, Florida. That was me. <laughs> it was you. You were the one. And then that, that guy, Tim Russert from yeah. NBC, ripped it off and put it on yeah. a white board, and he gets credit for it. Yeah. Okay, Tim. That's okay. You can have that. You can have that. But I, I was the first one to say Florida, Florida, Florida. But you know, I don't I don't want credit. Yes, I do. I want credit. <laughs> and then Tim Russert was taken from us and the press has never been the right. same. Right. I said uh, I said Florida three times. All right, one more, one more thing here. Um uh, today, uh, California announced that tomorrow, which as we speak is Thursday, they will give the official word that by 2035, all cars sold in California have to be electric, no more internal combustion engines in cars to be sold in California. No, they're not going to confiscate everybody's car. Jeez, not how it's going to work. Of course, you'll still be able to keep your... <laughs> when my cold, dead hands. Um, the rule is... And, and they're going to they're going to uh, uh, phase this in gradually. Thirty five percent of all new cars by 2026 have to be electric, zero emissions. Then by 2030, it would be 68 percent. And then in 2035, all cars sold in California must be electric. Um, you know. It's just another one of these ideas that it, it, it sounds pretty, pretty tough, pretty stringent, pretty off the wall. How can you do that? But that's the direction that the world is going in. That's the direction the world is going in. And, and the thing about this, Brit, I think, is that you can always adjust the timelines on this. You can always back it down if you see that you're not even going to get close to that and you you know create more incentives and you do things to get there but if you don't do something like this then nothing changes aren't you right if if you don't set the real goal with the reality of saying look 2035 isn't that far away right it's only uh, it's only 13 years from now and and we can do this uh, that's that's what leadership is. It may well, that, not no, work. But when John F. Kennedy gave his inauguration speech in 1961, he says, we're going to go to the moon eh, sometime. Eh, uh, maybe. I don't know. Eh, it'll happen. Just, uh, just 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 try to get to the moon. 
No, he put a deadline by the end of the decade. He wanted it by the end of the decade, right? Yeah. Hard and fast. And, uh, and you know, we beat it by a whole year, right? Before we did it. Yeah. We rock and rolled on that thing. So, yeah, I, I mean, it, but now if you're a Republican running for governor, let's just say you're, if Mark Robinson, our idiot lieutenant governor, is the guy who's the nominee for uh, the Republican Party to run for governor in 2024, let's just say he's the guy. Don't you demagogue the shit out of that. They will not make us do this. We will take our I will not make these people. We need our tractors and we need our trucks and we need our don't you get to demagogue that like you're they're coming to to take your shit away from you by the way you did a great job of doing that because of course this has nothing to do with tractors i know and and things of that sort (laughs) of course it doesn't but 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 you're right that's exactly what he would do yes that's exactly what he would do and 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 by the way it's much easier to to build electric tractors and things of that sort than you know than, than cars okay because you don't have to have a a tractor that will go, you know, 400 miles before a charge. It's, it is a different thing. So I would, that, if I was Mark Robinson, I was running for, if I was that idiot guy, I would say I would make the new plant that they're building near Greensboro, the Toyota thing. I They have to have at least, I'm going to make, make a number up, 20% of those engines have to be combustion engines. I will not have all electric engines built at that plant. I, okay, I'm going to now ask the most stupid, naive question, and I don't know the answer to it. I don't know whether you do or not. You might or might not. Since electric vehicles, and if you've ever been in a Tesla, I mean, you know what I mean. The acceleration on those cars is so far off the charts compared to um, gas. Couldn't you have an all-electric race car circuit? Yeah, eventually that's going to – I think eventually that's going to be Would that not be a a good – and by the way – I'd be all in on that because, you know, I've only been to one NASCAR race in my life. I went once. Uh, it was in Charlotte 30-some years ago. And, of course, what stuck out to me was the noise. It was just insufferable. I couldn't stand you know, I was wearing the headphones, too, and it, did, it didn't matter. So an electric NASCAR, w- would that not work? Would the, would the people who, who love cars and love racing are they addicted to the noise do they like it so much it would be very difficult for a lot of them to adjust to a much quieter circuit it would be that would be really weird for a lot of people because that's part of the testosterone the adrenaline the experience is is hearing that and smelling the you know but eventually what will happen is you'll you'll have all electric and there'll be some sort of awful mishap the battery will explode and it will make everybody have a, a crisis of conscience and they'll try to, you know, should we do this or not? We right, have to, re- yeah. There's never been, there have never been any accidents no. or mechanical problems associated no. with internal combustion engines in the uh, hundred and some years of race. That's never happened. It was just until we put an electric vehicle <laughs> out there and it was a problem. You're right. That is, that is true. You know, and Dale Earnhardt V uh, threw his cigarette out on the track and a car blew up. <laughs> <laughs> that's so wrong <laughs> it's just so wrong i i, I want to see the dumbasses try to demagogue that issue about how um the founding fathers wanted us to have combustion engines or some bullshit <laughs> i can't i can't wait for some republican governors in like uh in the south let's just go ahead and say it uh, they're they're going to demagogue the fact that they're trying to make us with this electric uh, thing. I 
you know, the next thing that has to happen, and I hate to put this on Joe Biden's plate, but they've been talking about it for years and you've been hearing about it for years, is we're going to have to update the electric grid. You know, our, the, the nation's electric grid is going to have to be updated. It's a, it's a national security issue. Obviously, if we're going to support all these vehicles and stuff, it's going to be something that's going to be, that's kind of like a, a, a huge project, right? Well, I don't know if that's true. You just plug them in. What's the difference? <laughs> Dude, there's going to be greater demand. And then, you know, there's always problems now as it is with infrastructure. There, there needs to be, this is one of those things to me, again, being the guy who, who, who is kind of naive, that maybe government used to be able to solve, you know, but now it seems like we just fight over everything and we can't get anything done. But it, this seems like a project that's just waiting to, to go out there is to, to redo our nation's electric grid, which again, I'm not the first guy to point that out. This is something I've heard people whispering about for many, many years. Um, that, that's, a that's a nice thought child, but until we get the problem with the, uh, competing golf tours fixed, yeah. we cannot address, we cannot address our Plus, electricity yeah. needs uh, in the future. I tell you what, another thing is just uh, transgender, uh, swim meets till we stop getting these. Yeah, what about that? Yeah, what about that? 